back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your host. My name is Kirk Smith, and my co-host... Graham K. How is everybody doing? Um, I hope you're okay. I know you can't respond. That's I, true. I always, a- I always ask that, and I forget. I seem to forget how this medium works. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a telephone. I've just been on Zoom so much. I've been doing so much Zoom and so many Zoom shows. Zoom chats. I just talk into this microphone, and I expect people to respond, but they can't. Um, but I sincerely hope you're all doing well. We are in month 400 of the pandemic, <laughs> and uh, it's things are things all. You get it. Anyway, <laughs> how are you, Kirk? Good. I was just going to let you talk. I'm like, I have no idea where he's going with this, but uh, I'm curious to find out. <laughs> I would like to say I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'm on my third cup right now, and it is not Ooh. kicking in. We might have to tell you what. A potty break halfway through. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, Speaking of we... potty breaks, I... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I had nothing to say. Go ahead. My son is... Uh... We had a little call a few minutes ago, and uh, he was very disinterested. Sometimes he's a little interested. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. quietly watching. And sometimes he's like, I'm busy watching videos. Sure. but um, He's in the middle of something. Yeah, he's in the middle of, of watching a video that he's memorized already. Mm-hmm. But we, I had a little conversation with one of his aides, and she was like, any ideas on trying to give him the vaccine like how do you get him to sit still and then i laughed and laughed so um <laughs> i don't know i don't know how they're gonna do that so he's definitely Sed- not gonna sedate sit still. him maybe they would have to sedate him yeah which when you have epilepsy presents its own issues you know when oh you, my um, gosh wow yeah so i'm not sure what they're gonna do about that has he got he's gotten shots in the past i feel like we've talked about this yeah when he was very little you know obviously he had the mmr mmr or mmr the measles mumps and rubella that we talked about before but mm. you know we uh you held him down when he was you know 20 pounds and now he's 220 or 240 so mm. they're not probably going to be able to hold him down um so I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I think what's going to ha- end up happening is everybody in his little house is going to get it first. And so then he probably will not get it for a while. Yeah. So there uh, you go. But, you know, he could still get it from the grocery store or on his wall. I mean, does he interact with people? I mean, I know that it's a pandemic, so he's probably not interacting with anybody outside of his bubble that often. But. Pre-pandemic, how often would he well, go to a restaurant, go to a shopping mall, whatever? Restaurants like one, once a week, you know, a couple times a week maybe. But before he was going to school, you know, but he finished school right before the pandemic ended, uh, started. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And so, uh, oh, no, no. He finished school middle of last summer. So pandemic was in full swing, baby. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he's not going to school, obviously. And he's not, you know, he does his walk or he does his little drive every day, but he's not going to interact with that many people outside of his caregivers who are, who are prioritized in Sweden to get the vaccine. And there's a couple older residents where he lives that uh, one of the ladies is in her well, 60s or 70s. She'll for sure be prioritized as well. So, I mean, as long as he's not hurting somebody, you know, can't get it and, and uh, give it to one of these older people that's staying in his his uh, residence, mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's the best we can hope for for now. But yeah, if you guys have any ideas how you're vaccinating large adult nonverbal autistics, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I tell you what, Peter is excited. He's really? borderline pumped to get this vaccine. Huh. And, but he's, people are always like, oh, Canada, you must all be vaccinated. We don't make the vaccine. When I think Tr- Trudeau screwed up in some way. And yeah, so no one's getting the vaccine. My parents are 70. They, uh, they're not even getting the vaccine. It's one of the things, I, I don't know. It's Pretty crazy, but so he's yeah, it's not. It's a very uh, interesting thing in Canada where they're doing. They've got that one company in Montreal, but I read that they're ramping up the factory where they're going to make it is not even going to be done till September. So I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. So it's not something's going. It's not looking great. I mean, they're on the good part is our numbers are very very low, and the eastern part of Canada is completely open, and they have zero cases. Yeah, there might be some weird thing where Americans are vaccinated first, yeah, and they actually allow Americans to travel in there if they already have the vaccine. That's what I think is going to happen. But I don't know. I don't know anything. So hmm. yeah, that would be cra- that's strange. But I just volunteered. I just signed up to volunteer at a vaccination place, and I would get if I got if I get chosen, I would get my vaccine right then and there. But I have you to volunteer. You the vaccines, or what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I had a one a friend of a friend do it, and you're. I definitely don't handle anything medical. I'm just a. I'm an idiot. We all I, but know I, that, I, Graham. I would assume <laughs> that I would. I would help with I the line you with two, or uh, orange flashlights directing parking or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do that. Twelve <laughs> hours. It's like. Three 12-hour days that are apparently very long. You risk getting COVID also, obviously. But um, could be raining, could be snowing. Probably you're indoors, too. I don't know. But anyway, it's a weird scenario where I could get the vaccine before my brother, before my, my elderly parents, which is crazy. But, yeah, I hope Peter gets the vaccine soon because he is going nuts. He is... He is in the dog days of this pandemic. He is calling me more than ever in my entire life. He's calling me two, three times a day. Um, He's very bored. He doesn't want to go back to live with my parents because he feels like it's an infringement on his independence. But his mental health is suffering. He didn't drink for all of January, which is good, and he lost some weight. And then yesterday was February 6th. And he told me that he went to the uh, beer store to return some cans of beer. And he said he returned 18 cans. (laughs) So between February 1st and February 6th, I believe him that he did not drink in January. He doesn't lie. Um, He just hides things. He hides facts, but he doesn't lie. But anyway, he drank 18 beers in five days. It's a lot of beers. So... The kid is bored. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting dinged up. He's getting a little buzz on every night, every afternoon. I probably. feel like you're kind of hiding the lead. How did the conversation go with your mom about him co- telling her she needs to work out a little bit more? <laughs> oh yes. So last week, I told Peter that we need to all work out more, and mom, we and you know, we need to work on mom to get her to exercise more because. 
Her mother was in a wheelchair through lack of exercise, and we need mm-hmm. her to exercise more. Mm-hmm. And Peter emails my mom and goes, "Mom, you need to you need to work out, uh, or you need to walk more. You're going to end up in a wheelchair. You're going to be out of shape. Just like <laughs> straight no for the jugular." Yeah. And I was really worried how that was going to turn out. And then my mom, luckily, she's got a great sense of humor, said, she said, I got your email. I got an email from Peter. Apparently, you know, you told him that I was going to end up in a, I got an email telling me that I need to walk or I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. I assume you told him that. And she, he said, she said it was hysterical. All right, good. Yeah, she laughed. So, I mean, you got to have a good sense of humor after 36 years of Peter. It's the so only is she way. gonna exercise or not really? <laughs> Tell you what, that is a stubborn woman. That is a stubborn person. <laughs> the same skills that, through sheer weir, sheer, sheer will, uh, made Peter um, almost fully autonomous. Um, it's the same sheer will that where she will she will just refuses to go outside. She re- she just once she gets her feet planted, it's in an idea. You know, she's like, I'm fine. I water the plants around the house. I I putter around. Like, my God. Okay. We should we should enroll you in the. But Olympics I need her. You, this you, this you this has something to do with this. Sorry. So we should enroll in the Olympics. She she waters the plants, so I'm sure she's uh, <laughs> super fit. Super fit. <laughs> I, the reason why I'm talking about this in an autist uh, an autism podcast is because this affects me directly. When she becomes an invalid, which is going to happen at some point, people don't live people don't live forever. But she's still not an old old person. I, I'd like to. I hope. When it happens, long story short, I have to move home and take care of Peter. Or I have to, like, get a second. I have to, you know, rent an apartment there or something and go home all the time and Clock's take care Clock's ticking for old Graham here. That's what he's saying. Hey, guys. Uh, just letting you know that uh, you can donate to this podcast if you go to patreon.com slash autastic. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash autastic. You can donate a dollar an episode or more if you'd like, and that helps us uh, keep this train uh, going. Clock's ticking. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I think I it's... I think caregivers is 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 one of the um, you know they're the, obviously the unsung heroes of, of this whole thing is is caregiving whether for the elderly or for the yes. the disabled or for the autistic and that kind of brings us to our in the news that uh, that Graham Graham found this week um, yeah great job finding it Graham okay this is on uh, I think on Y on PBS. Um, Autism advocacy groups urge vaccine priority as caregivers worry. So uh, where my son's at, yeah, the caregivers and the residents are prioritized. So I think they're scheduled to get it next month because AstraZeneca is a British-Swedish company. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, oh, boy. This is a tough name. I-C-Y-L-E-E. I-C-Lee? I-C-Lee. Basket Bills. It says Basket Bills. Am I reading this wrong? I yeah. 
Oh boy. Right off the bat, Basket Bills. B-A-S-K-E-T-B-I-L-L. Basket Bills. That's it. 15-year-old daughter, Kaira, who has been out twice in the... Okay. Basketball's 15-year-old daughter, K-Y-A-I-R-A. Kyra, Kyra, has been out only twice in the last 11 months because she struggles with social skills and verbal language and expressive language, issues that make it impossible for her to communicate if she were to experience COVID-19 symptoms. Basketball makes sure Kyra is home at all times to be on the safe side. She doesn't have a lot of conversations, but she sees the news, said Basketball, the family and community liaison for the Philadelphia Autism Project. I'm so mm-hmm. stressed out because these kids are scared. You know, the ones with disabilities that don't know what's going on. Since the start of the pandemic early last year, caregivers have gone to great lengths to make sure their loved ones with intellectual and develop- developmental disabilities and or autism spectrum disorders limit their exposure to the coronavirus. Many in the autism community continue to feel pushed aside despite being at high risk for severe severe illness. According to Francine Hogan, director of the PA Family Network of Vision for Equality, 80% of people suffering from intellectual disabilities and autism are supported at home by family and 30% are cared for by individuals who are over the age of 60 years old. Quote, we are really experiencing a lot of regression in a lot of our loved ones, said Hogan. Only 10% of all people with intellectual disabilities and autism are dying. Wait a minute. I'm going to read that part again. About 10% of all people with intellectual disability and autism are dying with COVID. This is not the time to leave the vulnerable behind. I didn't know that. That's really high. Yeah. Did Did you know that? No. Huh. I didn't know it was that high. Okay, Hogan's 20-year-old son, who is on the spectrum, has been able to receive the vaccine because he has asthma. But she also thinks that on the whole, the autistic community has been forgotten in the emergency plans. She's advocating for all individuals who are on the spectrum to receive priority access to the vaccine. But Hogan is not the only one urging priority access to vaccines for people with ASD. In December, the National Organization for Autism Speaks, along with several other disability advocacy groups, argued in a joint statement for priority access to vaccines for all people with intellectual disabilities and autism. For someone with autism and limited communication skills or behavioral challenges common with autism, protection afforded by the vaccine could have an immeasurable impact, said Angela Geiger, president and CEO of Autism Speaks, in a statement. On January 27th, Autism Speaks, the largest autism advocacy organization in the United States, hosted a live web panel featuring Dr. Georgina Peacock, Director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Division of the Human Developmental and Disabilities, Mm -hmm. and three other experts. The speakers answered questions about COVID-19's impact on the autistic community and addressed misconceptions about vaccines. Christopher Banks, President and CEO of the Autism Society of America, stressed the importance of widespread vaccines for the autistic community. Panel moderator Stuart Spellman, Autism Speaks Senior Vice President and Advocacy Senior Vice President Advocacy, hmm, it's missing a verb there, that's fine, noted that people with disabilities are actually included in the vaccine trials. Allison Singer, president of Autism Science Foundation, blamed the branding of the vaccine development as, quote, Operation Warp Speed for some people's hesitation about being vaccinated and offered that the public's 
offered the public assurances that thus far there have been no effects of autism after getting the shot. Peacock noted the disability alone may not be related to the higher risk for getting COVID-19 or severe illness, but that adults with disability are three times more likely than adults without disabilities to have heart disease, strokes, diabetes, and cancer. That fact alone is why people with autism spectrum disorder deserve priority access to the vaccines, according to Andy Singh, a senior vice president of health and inclusion at Autism Speaks, who did not participate in the panel. There are a lot of compelling interests, and it's really a matter of trying to rise above the static and create a collection of information about the increase for people in the community. End quote. But the lack of information available on the effects of COVID-19 has had people on the ASD, sorry, but the lack of information available on the effects of COVID-19 has had on people with ASD is an issue across the board. We do not yet have good data on how COVID-19 specifically has act, act, affected the autism population in Philadelphia, said Lindsay Shea, director of policy and analytics center at AJ Drexler Autism Institute. Okay, how much is left? Okay, not too much. Here we go. Shea said that after private data examinations conducted in very few states, it appears that individuals with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities, and autism did indeed experience more adverse complications from COVID-19 than their counterparts who did not have these diagnoses. We still need to understand what the vaccine does to support people on the autism spectrum who are either in schools or adults trying to live their lives in communities just like we all are, with or without paid support to be safe, and how are autistic individuals interpreting the vacation guidelines? With limited research and immunization, Lysie Lee Baskerville wonders about her daughter and said that she'll continue to advocate for all people with autism spectrum disorders and intellectuals with developmental disabilities who are stuck at home, confused and scared. If folks are not sure what to do, I really hope that they're being directed to the right resources, reach out and learn the right information to stay safe. Nice. That's it. What do you think, bud? Well, I mean, there's it's it's a tough situation because there's so many different groups that need to be prioritized. Um, but people that any kind of person that is high risk and not just who has autism, but is high risk for other sicknesses and illnesses and carries with it other issues, they all need. A lot of care and so they're going to be uh, have a gravitational pull of care workers that are going to need to work with them so if you immunize them then a whole group of other people are safer so it just makes sense does that make any sense yeah i think for me the the really strong one is uh the care workers need to receive it because especially like i was thinking yeah. with jj's care where he lives you know the situation where there's six or seven residents and th there's care workers that stay overnight you know, um, how many nights a week or maybe six or seven nights a month, but then they oh. also go home to their families. So you don't, you know, you don't want a situation like the nursing homes in New York city where it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that the priority needs to be for the, the caregivers. Yeah. That are there caring for the disabled or differently abled or however you want to say it. Yeah. You know, for sure. I, it's, it's just, I know I don't know what's gonna happen, and uh, I hope your son gets it. I hope I hope he I hope people the in vaccine. his orbit yeah, get it. Yeah, not the sickness. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah, JJ. I hope. Man, I hate that guy. I hope he gets it. 
<laughs> I didn't know that the the 10% thing surprised me. I hadn't read that anywhere. And I, I I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of up on this stuff and I've never read that statistic. Do you think it might be false? I don't know. I've never read that before. It doesn't mean it's, I mean, it's, I mean it could just mean I'm ill-informed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We will do a little research on that. We'll do a little research on that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, is is Peter have any hesitation about getting the vaccine? Nothing at all. No, Excitement. I mean, he, like I said, he's excited. But I've been thinking about what you said earlier about the epilepsy, and you know, all tests came back negative, and we have he hasn't he doesn't seem to have any epilepsy. Yeah, usually epilepsy I think the first again, but. you have it like yeah. But Peter did have an epileptic seizure with me on the phone once. So right, I, I remember know. that. I don't know if it could happen again, or I don't know. I I think I'll be fine. I cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. One thing at a time. Like... First, we deal with Peter calling your mama fatty. Then <laughs> we worry about epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just uh, I edited the last week's episode, so listening to that conversation where he called in was great. Where he's like, "Well, you told me to." That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh. <laughs> He's okay. He's very excited that I have a girlfriend, which means there is a young woman to talk to, that new woman to talk to on the phone. He's itching to get her his little claws on on her email this is how address. I imagine the conversation goes. You go, I have a girlfriend. He goes, Ah, uh, uh, we have a girlfriend. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> He's so cute and funny. We FaceTimed yesterday. My girlfriend came over to watch the Super Bowl, and so he, we, I called him because I forgot to call him back, and Julia was there, and I was like, "Do you want to see Julia?" And and he went, he goes, he goes, yes. He puts his head down when he talks about a girl. He like looks down and looks up at the same time. Yes, I would. And then I swiveled the phone around and. Talk to Jill. I have to go now quickly. It has to be quickly now. We can't have a long conversation. He's like, okay. And he gets really nervous. It's really cute. He's not so chatty. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. And then he said this morning, he wakes me up every morning. He's my alarm clock. And we FaceTime, I have FaceTime with him first thing every morning. And he said, um, do you think that she thinks I'm handsome? Perfect. It was so Perfect. cute. It was so sweet. Anyway, he's got a crush That's on good. her, and uh, I'm going to have to fight him, I guess. The Graham brothers uh, have a crush on a girl. The K brothers. <laughs> you don't know my name. The K um, brothers. It's only, it's only been <laughs> It's only been half a decade, Kirk. Uh, people in America can't get wrap their head around that my first name is Graham. It's very unusual. Everybody, no matter, it's not very unusual. Graham is a, it's a first name. It's, <laughs> I've never had, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I guess, I guess it's unusual in America, but nowhere else in the English speaking world is that unusual. And no matter when everyone looks at my ID, uh, for whatever reason you would need to show your ID to somebody, they always go, well, thank you, Mr. Graham. Thank you, Mr. Graham. Like nobody in New Zealand where there's 3 million people thinks it's weird. Yeah, it's tiny little countries. Yeah. And Australia and England where there's 60 million people. And Australia Canada has like 25. Australia has less than California. 
<laughs> and South Africa. Which also has less than California. <laughs> South uh, Africa has less than California? Yeah. South Africa doesn't ha- has more than 30 million people. California has 40, by the way. How many people live in South Africa? We're going to find this out right now. Well, no one in this, no one in America speaks English anyway. You can't even speak English. Listen, my English is coming along. Uh, ooh, you're right. 58 million. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Hundreds of millions of people. Mm. Maybe a hundred. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe 200 million people know that Graham is a first name. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if everybody in South Africa even speaks English. Don't they speak Afrikaans there? Look, well, that's the... Look, they speak. They know how to speak English. They're, they're multilingual. <laughs> People in other countries speak more than one language. Did you know that? Not Canada. We should parle français. I've heard... I've been to Calgary. I've heard those people's French. It's like, bonjour, uh, je m'appelle yeah. Jeffrey. <laughs> well, Calgary is basically Texas, so... The Texas of Canada. Yeah. Uh, I think we've derailed this podcast enough. Guys, uh, if you're in Minneapolis, I am at the House of Comedy this week, Wednesday through Sunday. Come say hi. Socially distanced shows, half capacity. If you're vaccinated or are willing to wear a mask, they're doing it like the safe way. And uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram, Kirksmith Comedy, Instagram, K, uh, Patreon.com slash Autastic. That money goes towards hosting this thing buying equipment, things like that. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Not much comes in, but uh, it does help use the uh, pay for the two grown men trying to make a living during a pandemic. Also, like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this on. Uh, Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Kirk, did we do it? We did it, guys. Have a great week. You can do it.